magnify you, Father, knowing that as we lift you high, you will draw all men unto yourself, Father. That is our goal. That is our mission in the earth is to lift you high and glorify and magnify your name. And so, Father, in doing so today, we know that in lifting Jesus high through his death, burial, and resurrection, Father, as we've received him as Lord and Savior of our lives, we were once low and now we've been brought high through his life. And we thank you and we give you glory for that today. And so, Father, have your way in this service today. Be glorified. Be lifted even higher through your word. Let not one person walk out of here the same way that they came in. And, Father, with one resounding voice, when this service is all said and done, we'll give you all the glory for all the good that will come out of it. And, Father, this is our prayer that we present before you today, knowing that it has already been answered Jesus will be exalted. Satan will be further defeated, Father. And we thank you for it in Jesus' name. And everyone that agrees with that prayer, shout it. Come on, you can do better than that. Everyone that agrees with that prayer, shout it. One more time. Just every hand lifted up towards heaven. Every heart lifted up towards heaven. And just glorify his name for a moment. Just magnify him for a moment in your heart give him the glory that is due unto his name father our hands are lifted in an act of surrender today acknowledging that you are lord of our lives have your way today in jesus name praise god you can be seated today if you're watching online we certainly want to welcome you today to our services uh, let's give our music department just a wonderful round of applause for their effort. Did you all enjoy the babies today? Did you all enjoy the babies up there? I was a little concerned about that one little fella. I don't know if you all saw that one little fella. I thought I was going to have to come up on the stage and grab him. But, but you know, you got to let kids be kids, right? And, and, you know, there's always that one. You can tell he's going to be the, the star of the show one day. And uh, I thank God for little people. That, that was our youth on the second song. They were blended in with the praise team. Let's give our youth a big round of applause. You know, you train up a child in the way that they should go. And when they're older, they won't depart from that. It doesn't mean they won't have challenges. I mean, you know, they always come back to what they know to be true in their lives. And so, again, if you're watching online, we want to welcome you today. The best way to follow along it's through our YouVersion Bible app. All the notes will be right there. Uh, we know historically and traditionally this is the day uh, of Jesus' triumphal uh, entry into Jerusalem. I'll read a verse about that uh, at the end of the service. That's not our subject in terms of what we're ministering on, uh, on today, but it's why we uh, give out palms and different things on that in acknowledgement of what the song was talking about and what uh, Minister Bernard was talking about, them laying out uh, palms and, and from palm trees and, and creating a path for him uh, into Jerusalem. And they were yelling out, Hosanna, uh, King or, or, or uh, uh, King of the Most, or, or Jesus, uh, Hosanna, uh, Lord of the Most High God. And so uh, that's what we'll celebrate at the end of the service today. Anybody in here just glad to be saved? I mean, really glad to be saved. Man, I want to speak to two people. My wife just sent me a message that are watching uh, online, and they're in the hospital today. And so if you all would, just point your hand towards that camera right there in the back. 
Uh, we want to tell you that even though you're in the hospital today, Jesus' power is working in your body and in your life, and we declare that he's going to raise you up off of that bed. You're going to come out of there supernaturally whole, healed, and delivered in Jesus' name. Come on, somebody rejoice for their healing. Praise God. All right, if you would, turn to 1 Corinthians chapter 15. And we'll pick up where we left off on last week. And I may bring the music department back at the end uh, with a song of victory. And so uh, we'll see how, how this goes. And so in 1 Corinthians chapter 15, if you're here today and you've uh, made a decision about Linked Up Church, today is step four. If you want to learn more about connecting to our dream team or our small groups, really dream teams. We don't have a church today without our dream team. And just in case you didn't know, we have the absolute best dream team in the United States of America. Oh, you all can do better than that. I mean the absolute best dream team. Don't know where we would be without them. And so we thank God for them in small groups. We're going to be getting more into that. We just completed... Um, uh, really six weeks with married couples on Becoming One. We had about 40 married couples every Wednesday night. Just a true blessing for all of us. We all grew closer together, and, and uh, we look forward to seeing where that goes from, from here on out. But that was a real blessing to all that attended. 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verse 57, as a foundation text, says, But thanks be to God. Anyone in here have anything to be thankful about today? Man, God's been good to us. Thanks be to God who gives us the victory. That word victory there is the Greek word nikos, which means conquest or triumph. Notice he gives us that. It is a gift. And all you have to do with a gift is receive it. You don't have to work for that. You don't need to do anything to earn that. You just need to believe that he's already given it to you and then receive it. But there's a channel. It says through our Lord Jesus Christ. So if you'll always go through that channel, how many of you will always have the victory? So if Jesus is the channel that you're going through, you'll naturally walk in the victory that he's already provided for you. And so there are really three points that we've been discussing. Point number one, we looked at his death and his suffering. Point number two, we looked at the why behind his coming, which was the death, burial, and resurrection. He came to die. And today, we're going to look at the victory that we received. I don't know and really don't even care how you got in the situation. The only thing I want you to know today is that he's already brought you out of it. Oh, I need two more people to just really believe that today. You're not trying to get the victory. I'm telling you, you already have it right now. You're sitting in it, walking in it. My job today is to just give you greater awareness of what you already have. Folks, we are not a defeated group of people. We are a victorious, over-the-top, overcoming group of people. So even when challenges come our way, folks, there's nothing to get all excited about. After a while, after you've lived a little while, you'll say, you know what, I've seen this before, and the same God that delivered me in the past, come on, somebody, is the same God that's delivering me right now. So don't lose an ounce of sleep over anything that the enemy is challenging you with right now. I'm telling you, you've already won. Somebody should alert their face to that this morning. You've already won, glory to God. So let's look at this. When Jesus went to the cross and then rose from the dead, he accomplished a great victory for mankind. So in this portion of the message today, we're going to look at some things that he accomplished for us, uh, really, that will allow us to walk even further in the victory that he's provided. So, so what I'm learning as I'm growing as a believer and as a Christian, 
I already have the victory, but as I grow in him, it gives me a greater awareness of the victory that I actually have. And my awareness allows me to take more territory that already belonged to me, but as I grow, my awareness increases, and it allows me to take more of the territory that he's already provided for me. Does that make sense to anyone in here today? And so, let's get into this. Go with me to Revelations chapter 1. The resurrection of Jesus was the greatest victory that has ever taken place. Does everyone agree with that? And really, the biggest thing that he delivered us from was from death and hell. He delivered us from death and hell. Revelations chapter 1, verse 17 and 18. Notice verse 17 starts off by saying, do not be afraid. Folks, there is nothing to be afraid of. You know why people won't fly on airplanes? It's not that they're afraid of the plane. They're afraid of dying. The plane is not the issue. They won't fly on the plane because they're afraid of dying. What Jesus just told you is, do not be afraid. Why would you take 10 hours driving somewhere that can, you can get there on a plane in an hour and a half? And, and I've got news for you. People die in car crashes. And you'll be surprised. Fear is what stops people from living their lives, enjoying life. Do you know why people won't ride roller coasters? It's not that they're afraid of roller coasters. They're afraid of dying. (laughs) Folks, I've got another one for you now. This one will blow you away. Hotels may not like me telling you this. But you know why there's no 13th floor? And most of your high-end hotels? Because of Freddy Krueger. <laughs> they wouldn't saw a movie. Come on, somebody. As a child, right? All kind of stuff people are afraid of. I just want to help you understand how fear is just false evidence appearing real. In life, there's nothing to be afraid of. So if you go from the 12th to the 14th floor, where did the 13th floor go? Is it just suspended in air out there somewhere? Listen, folks, if you're staying on the 14th floor, you are on the 13th floor. The only thing is you believe you're on the 14th floor, so you sleep well at night. So that was an issue of what you believe. So he said, do not be afraid. I am the first and the last. It all starts with me and it all ends with me. I am he who lives and was dead and behold, I live forevermore. Amen. And I have the keys of Hades, which is hell, the place of departed souls. Folks, listen, hell is a real place and we've been delivered from it. Glory to God. Come on, somebody ought to thank God for that. We've been given victory over hell. He says over hell and of death. He says, I have the keys to both of those. And if he has the keys to both of those, folks, you should live a fearless life 
knowing that the two greatest fears man will ever have is the fear of going to hell and the fear of dying have already been dealt with. You've already been delivered from them, and you should go on and live your best life right now with no fear of consequences because God is on your side. Glory to God. Go with me to 1 Corinthians chapter 15. 1 Corinthians chapter 15, you can be what God placed you in this earth to be with no fear of it. And I don't care what your age is. You can go back to school. You can earn a degree. You can start a business. Come on, somebody. You can own stuff. Hello, somebody. Because the two greatest fears man will ever have, you've already been given victory over. 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verse 50. We know the, the backdrop here. Paul has been writing this letter to the, the people at Corinth because he's convincing them about the death, burial, and resurrection. Verse 50 says here, Now this I say, brethren, that flesh and blood cannot inherit the kingdom of God, nor does corruption inherit incorruption, our glorified bodies. Behold, I tell you a mystery. We shall not all sleep, but we shall all be changed in a moment, in a twinkling of an eye, at the last trumpet. For the trumpet will sound, and the dead will be raised incorruptible. That's my mother. Come on, somebody. I'm believing for my father. Come on, somebody. That's my uncle. These are, these are people that I can't wait to see again. Glory to God. They're going to be raised first, and they're going to have glorified bodies. And what I love here twinkling over that last trumpet, the dead will be raised incorruptible, and we shall be changed. So if he comes while we're all alive, how many of folks, we're going to go up, but we're not going to go up with this body. We're going to go up with a glorified body. Come on, somebody. I'm talking about, I don't know what's going on in your body right now, but it won't be going on in your body when he comes back to get us. There will be no pain, no sickness, no disease, no crime. Come on, you're going to have a glorified body, and it's going to be a body that you can enjoy for the rest of your life. That is victory at the highest level, folks. God is good, and he is good all the time. Then he goes on to say here, for this corruptible must put on incorruption, and this mortal must put on immortality. So when this corruptible has put on incorruption, and this mortal has put on immortality, watch this, it'll take faith to receive this, then shall be brought to pass the saying that is written, death is swallowed up in victory. Come on, somebody. Death is the last enemy that will be destroyed. So in the natural, folks, if we, if we put this down before he comes back, how many know we all have to go that way? But how many know that's not the end of our story? That's why we need to quit falling and falling out at home goings when people die in the Lord. We need to learn how to celebrate those times. Bring the choir out. Come on, somebody. Sing songs about victory because that is not their end. If you get a little revelation, that's actually their beginning, glory to God. See, we get all excited when someone is born into the earth and we have baby showers. But the reality is the moment that baby is born, that baby starts dying. But the moment we die is when we start living forever. Come on, somebody. And we've got to learn how to flip that and have as much celebration on the back end as we do on the front end. Maybe we ought to have a shower for those that have gone home to be with the Lord. 
Oh, y'all ain't ready for this this morning. Come on, maybe we ought to celebrate their families and their children. Glory to God for another soldier and a saint of God that has crossed over and made it to the other side. Come on, somebody. That's the Word of God. It says death is swallowed up in victory. Oh, death, where is your sting? What he literally said is he removed the pain, the sting, the poke of death. Folks, should we die before he returns, we won't feel it no matter how it happens. I'm talking about an airplane can crash that none of us will ever be on. What I'm saying is he'll take you up before you ever feel the sting. Come on, somebody. I'm talking about a car could be coming at you head on, and you won't feel an ounce of it because he'll remove you from it in a moment and in a twinkling of an eye. And the only thing that'll happen is that body will lie down, but you'll go on to live forever. And then when he comes back again, he's going to go get the body that was laid down, bring the spirit back to the body. We're going to meet him in the air, slap him a high five, give him a shoulder bump. Come on and forever live with the Lord. Somebody ought to shout the victory in this place today. We don't know what we have, glory to God. The sting of death is sin, and the strength of sin is the law or works or man's efforts. But thanks be to God who gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. Anybody in here thankful that the Lord Jesus Christ has given you victory in every area of your life? Well, come on and open up your mouth. Come on, online, shout amen. Come on, right now, give God the glory for the victory that he has provided. Death is one of the things that people fear the most. But because of Jesus' resurrection and the victory that he accomplished through it, listen to this, we can have peace with God, peace with people. See, we get all upset because a person talks about you. They can't kill you. It's amazing the stuff we get worked up over. And it's not a life or death issue. God has given you a hope and a future. Hello, somebody. There's no sting in death. And if you can receive that today, you'll never fear death ever again. You can look death in the face and say, I'll never feel you. You can destroy my body, but you can't touch my spirit or my soul. Come on, somebody. And you can lay there and look it right in the face. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Second Timothy chapter 1. Second Timothy chapter 1. I'm excited today. Verse 8, 2 Timothy chapter 1, verse 8 says, Therefore, do not be ashamed of the testimony of our Lord, nor of me, his prisoner, but share with me in the sufferings of the gospel according to the power of God. Now, the sufferings he re he's referring to, I mean, it's not sickness and disease, poverty and lack. He delivered us from all those things. But we'll all be persecuted and suffer affliction for what we believe. So he goes on to say here, uh, according to the power of God, who has saved us and called us with a holy calling, not according to works or once again man's efforts, but according to his own purpose and grace. Somebody thank God for his grace right now. 
which was given us in Christ Jesus before time began. That's another message. Grace is not something new, folks. It's been here from the beginning. But has now been revealed by the appearing of our Savior, Jesus Christ, who has abolished death and brought life and immortality to light through the gospel. And that's what he sent me here today, folks. I know we all love the, the, the comic book hero movies that we're going to see where it looks like the, the hero dies and he comes back to life again. But, folks, that's a comic book story. That's Hollywood. We're the only ones that can put the body down and come back to life again. You know why you get so excited about that? Because you know one day that's going to be you. Everybody's going to be at a service, and they're going to think they're putting you in the ground. Jesus has already lifted you up. Come on, somebody. And then you are going to go back and get what they put in the ground. Come on, somebody. And we get to forever be with the Lord. We've been given letter B. I lettered these under point number three. Letter B. We have been given a living hope and an incorruptible uh, inheritance. Go with me to 1 Peter chapter 1 or chapter 3. Chapter 1, verse 3. We have been given a living hope and an incorruptible inheritance. I'm learning, folks, as I get older, you've got to keep hope alive. I'm learning that with hope, you can cope with anything. And he's given us a living hope and an incorruptible inheritance. Look at verse 3, 1 Peter chapter 1. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who according to his abundant mercy have begotten us to a living hope. Begotten us, you know, he is the author of life. And so, I mean, you know, at our birth, he's the one that gave us life in the natural. But he also gives us this ability and privilege to be begotten again, or as I like to call it, to be born again. Anybody in here born again? I like another opportunity at life, glory to God, where no matter what I've done in my past, my slate gets wiped clean. Hello, somebody. I get a fresh start at that born again experience and get to walk in the fullness of everything that he's already provided for. He says here, begotten us again to a living hope through the resurrection, notice it's called a living hope, not a dead hope. It is a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. And that living hope is that if God raised Christ from the dead, folks, then he can heal my body. Then he can deliver me from cancer. Come on, somebody. He can provide a job for me. Come on, somebody. If he did that, then he can do anything. And that's a living hope that we have through his resurrection, that the hardest thing he ever did was raise Jesus Christ from the dead. Why am I losing sleep over losing my job? When he's got 50,000 other jobs and ways out here for you to make money. Come on, somebody. So it's a living hope. It's not a dead hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead to an inheritance incorruptible and undefiled and that does not fade away reserved for you in heaven. Watch this now, verse 5. Who are kept by the power of God. That word power there is a Greek word dunamis, and it means miraculous ability. Folks, if God can't keep you, you cannot be kept. And so if you can't get on a plane trusting that God, come on somebody, can send an angel, if anything went wrong with that plane, to guide that plane to a safe landing because you're on it, 
there, if God can't keep you, you can't be kept. We've got to let our kids go. We've got to let them grow up. Come on, somebody. If God can't keep them, they can't be kept. We've got to learn how to send them on off, plead the blood of Jesus. Come on, draw a bloodline around them that Satan cannot befall, and trust God with our children. Glory to God. We've got to learn how to live in the revelation that God has some dynamite, dunamis, miraculous ability to keep us regardless of what, God, what life throws at us. God can keep us. Glory to God. We are kept by the power of God. But notice, we've got to believe that. It says here, we're kept by the miraculous ability of God through faith. So if we're not persuaded, pistis, there's the Greek word, if we don't trust in that truth, then how many know we can't be kept? I will live out all of my days. Come on, somebody needs to say that. All 120 years of it. Free from sickness. Free from disease, free from lack, free from poverty, in Jesus' name. Now, if you believe that, come on, thank God for that right now. You've got to believe that way. Come on, we will not struggle. Come on, we're not, we don't have to go through for the rest of our lives. If he already went through, we don't need to keep going through who are kept by the power of God, but notice, through faith, that's the channel. We've got to keep trusting it, keep believing. Watch this. Uh, For salvation, ready to be revealed at the last time. In this, you greatly rejoice. You missed a good place right there. Boy, you just let that fly right over your head. The fact that God can keep you, he said, in that, you need to greatly rejoice. All right. So for the first time, I just happened to look up that word greatly because it seems to have emphasis on it. So he could have just said rejoice, right? In this you rejoice. But he said in this you greatly rejoice. Well, I'm going to see where you're at today. I'm getting ready to locate your salvation. Guess what that word greatly there means? It means to jump for joy. give you about five seconds. Somebody ought to jump for joy in this place. Come on. See, I, I want to run with her. Next building, though. Next building. Come on. Somebody ought to jump for joy in this place. Glory to God. Come on. God can keep you. All right. Sit down. Sit down. Because I, I know you got your church clothes on. I know you got your church shoes on. Come on, I know you got your church hairdo on. Come on, somebody. But there are sometimes, folks, when you got to forget your shoes, you got to forget your clothes. God has been too good for you to you. Come on, somebody. You got to forget your hair, and you just got to learn how to leap and jump for joy because God has been too good to us not to. I didn't just get the 50 by accident. 
I got to 50 because God's been keeping me for 50 years. Glory to God. You know how many times I've gotten in a car and my car never crashed? You know how many times I've gotten on a plane and my plane never crashed? Come on. You know how many times I eat at a restaurant and I don't get sick? Come on. God has been keeping me for 50 years. And if you think you've been keeping yourself, you are sadly mistaken. You ought to open up your mouth. You ought to lift up your voice and give God glory for his keeping power. Glory to God. We are kept by the power of God. And he said, in this, in this revelation, in this reality, you greatly rejoice for joy. Though now for a little while, if need be. See, he didn't say that you have to be. But he said, if you happen to find yourself in various types of types of tests and trials, glory to God. He said, if you find yourself there, if need be, he didn't say that you have to be. He said, if you happen to end up in all, because life will throw a whole lot of stuff at you, folks. And he said, if you happen to end up in a few little tight spots, look what he said here. Yet though now for a little while, I want you to know, folks, it did not come to stay. It only came to pass. And if you'll learn how to rejoice and give God glory as an indication of what you believe while you're going through all the various tests and trials, you'll see that God is good and He is good all the time. You'll see that there are more that are with you that can ever come against you. You will see that God is good. And if the Lord is on your side, then there's nothing that man can do to you. You'll come to a revelation that I was crying about, stuff that I had no business crying about because God had already delivered me. Come on, somebody. You'll see, you'll taste and see that the Lord is good and he is good all the time. If right now in your trial, your tribulation, your test, your various challenges that you're going through, if you'll open up your mouth right now in this moment and give him the glory that is due unto his name, you'll discover that he is good, glory to God, and he can deliver you. He said, if, though now for a little while, if need be, doesn't mean you have to. If you've been grieved by all kind of tests and trials, don't take it personal. Because the genuineness of your faith, I've got to go through it, you've got to go through it. Sometimes it's circumstances, sometimes it's people. Whichever one it is, don't attack the circumstances, don't attack the people. What is coming after is what you believe. And I've learned, folks, a lot of times when you see the greatest flurry of tests and trials, you're right at the door of your victory. Come on, folks. Come on, folks. I'm telling you, Linked Up Church in the last two weeks has seen its greatest victory that it has ever seen to date. And I'm telling you, it was in the midst of a flurry. So you need to understand if it's getting tough for you right now, if it's getting tight for you right now, don't attack the circumstances. Don't attack the people. Just give God the glory. Hallelujah. Because it has nothing to do with circumstances. It has nothing to do with people. It has everything to do with what you believe. Is it genuine or not? 
Is it genuine? Is it sincere? Can it be tested and proved? Will you come out on the other side still giving God the glory? Or will you start blaming people? Will you start talking about people? Hello, somebody. You find out what you're made of in moments like those. Anybody can shout up on the mountaintop. I want to be with somebody that's dancing in the valley. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I said hallelujah. I said glory to God. That the genuineness of your faith being much more precious than gold that perishes, though it be tested by fire. So if you don't understand, the process that gold goes through is the same process that your faith will go through. The moment you say, I'm believing God for something, it's going in the furnace. See how sincere you are about it. Though it be tested by fire, fire may be found to praise, honor, glory at the revelation of Jesus Christ, whom you've not seen, yet you love. Though now you do not see him, yet believing, you rejoice with joy unexpressible and full of glory. I'm believing God for the day when we just praise God so crazy. We don't care what we look like. Come on, somebody. We sweat through clothes. We run the whole service if we have to because we know where he's brought us from. A lot of times you see somebody praising, you don't know what they're going through, and you certainly don't know what he's brought them through. Receiving the end of your faith, even the salvation of your souls. Go to point number C, letter C here. We have power and victory over the devil. How many know that's a good one right there? We have power and victory over the devil. We give him a little bit too much credit. We talk about him too much when he's nothing to talk about. I'm not saying he shouldn't be respected, right, but not feared. There's a difference, right? Watch this now. Romans chapter 8, are you there? Let's begin at verse 31. We have power and victory over the devil. So a lot of times we think we just have power over him, I mean, uh, victory over him. But I'm telling you, you have authority over him. I'm going to show you something today. You own him. You tell him what to do. He doesn't tell you what to do. You tell him what to do and all his boys. And when his boys show up, you tell his boys what to go back and tell him in Jesus' name. Come on, somebody. Come on. You, you, you all know we all get tough when our crew is with us. I'm telling you, your crew is always with you. Come on, somebody. And it ain't no false courage either. When God is on your side. Romans chapter 8, verse 31. What shall we say to these things? If God is for us. Who can be against us? Doesn't matter what name it has either. If God is for us, doesn't matter what's trying to come against us. Who did not spare his own son, but delivered him up for us all, not some of us, 
for all of us. Listen to this now, folks. How shall he not with him also freely give us all things? Folks, we paying for too much stuff out here. When you should be believing for it. Did you hear what I just said? You're paying for a lot of stuff that all you need to do is believe for. I'm expanding your territory. If you can believe for a pencil, you can learn how to believe for a whole pack of pencils. If you can believe God to make payments on a car, you can believe God to pay for the whole car. Since you got to believe anyway, why not believe to pay for the whole car? Come on now, I'm just I'm expanding your territory today. How shall he not with him freely give us all things? Who shall bring a charge, which means an accusation, against God's elect? How many of you know Satan is the accuser of the brethren? Sometimes he uses people, right? So you've got to understand, don't get mad at the people that he might be using. Understand who's behind it. And just don't let him use you to slander other people. He says, so who shall bring an accusation against God's elect? That word elect there means God's favorite, the one that God justified, and God's chosen. I came to tell you today that you are God's favorite son or daughter. Oh, let me try. See, I came to tell you today that you are absolutely the apple of God's eye. You are his favorite. You are his elect. You are his chosen. Come on, somebody. And if God has chosen you, what should you care about who's rejected you? See, we get all caught up in who left when the reality is, folks, God chose you. What's wrong with me? What, what didn't they like about me? Maybe it's possible there's nothing wrong with you. You got to see things this way. You are God's favorite. Come on, put your hand over your heart and say, I am God's favorite. I thank God for that today. That's a blessing right there to know that I am his favorite. That's a blessing to me. So who shall bring a charge, an accusation? This is what God is saying against my favorite, the one that I chose. It's God who justifies. See, renders innocent, declares righteous. We spend all our time trying to prove to other people that we're right. We spend all our, listen, folks, at the end of the day, let God judge right and wrong. You just keep doing what he told you to do the way that he told you to do it. And the truth will come out over time. You will know a tree by the fruit that it bears. Come on. You don't have to get caught up in all of that because they can't declare you righteous. Only God can. So spend all your life living for an audience of one and pleasing the one that made you righteous. Glory to God. He says here, it is God who justifies, right? It is he who or who is it that condemns, sentences or damns or, or judges against. It is Christ who died, furthermore is also risen, who is also at the right hand of God, who makes intercessions for us. Now listen, folks, if you got Jesus, if you have him personally praying for you, how can you lose? 
if he's standing in the gap, representing you to the Father, and the Father doesn't see you, he sees the blood, and he sees his son making intercessions for you, how can you lose in that kind of situation? So he intercedes for us, making intercession for us. Who shall separate us from the love of God? Shall tribulation, which is trouble or pressure? No. Distress, which is narrowness of room when things get tight for us, or persecution or famine, which is hunger, nakedness, which is danger, sword, which are weapons. As it is written, for your sake we are killed all the day long. We are counted as sheep for the slaughter, but watch this. Yet in all these things, we are more than conquerors. There's that channel again, through him that loved us. Conquerors there means to gain a decisive victory, folks. We are in the final four right now, or March Madness. How many know, folks, he's not talking about a last-second shot here. He's talking about it's so clear, it's so decisive that you beat your enemy by 50 points. The game was over before it started. You jumped all over him, one up 20 to zero. Come on, somebody. Your enemy sat on his hand. He said he will cause you to gain a decisive victory. So you're not just coming out of a situation where you had lack. You're going to come out with so much, and God's going to bless you with so much that you're able to be a blessing to somebody else. You're not just going to get healed. You're going to have so much healing and health in your body that you can take some of that health and bless somebody else with it and lay hands on somebody else and watch them recover. Folks, you're not just coming out of debt. You're going to get so far out of debt that you'll be able to go back and pay Hey, somebody. Boy, I wish it was somebody in here that would believe what is being ministered to you today. You're not just going to start a business. You're going to start a business that's going to employ more people than you ever dreamed about or imagined. Glory to God. God is never just interested in blessing you. He always wants to give you a decisive victory so you can take that to other people. Glory to God. And it'll be clear that God is the one that gave you the victory. People will know that you are not smart enough. You don't have enough education. You weren't born to the right family. Come on, somebody. You didn't grow up on the right side of the track. They will know God did that for you. Glory to God. And it will be clear that God gave you a decisive victory. People will say, I should have never talked about them. I should have never came against them. I should have never put my mouth on them because it's going to be so clear that nobody can deny. They may hate you, deny you. But they'll say God had to have done that for them. Hallelujah. 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 He says, yea, in all these things we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. If you knew how much God loved you, you would not lose an ounce of sleep over anything that you're going through. For I am persuaded, I am convinced that neither death nor life, nor angels, nor principalities, nor powers, nor things present, nor things to come, no matter what I'm dealing with now, what's coming in my future, nor height, nor depth, doesn't matter how tall it is, 
Doesn't matter how deep it is. Come on, so no any other created thing will ever be able to separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus. If you heard what he just said, I wouldn't care how tall it was that tried to come against you. I wouldn't care how deep it was that tried to come against you. I wouldn't care how wide it is. God said, I love you so much, it will never separate you from my love. Glory to God. Somebody shout glory in this place today. And I want to end right here today with this illustration. An illustration and a text. Deacon Al, you'll appreciate this. This following illustration is a truth. I found this on the internet. Truth that, that I believe fits all of us. What I'm describing to you today. In his book, Forever Triumphant, F.J. Hugel told a story that came out of World War II. After General Jonathan Wainwright was captured by the Japanese, he was held prisoner in a Manchurian concentration camp. Cruelly treated, he became a broken, crushed, hopeless, starving man. Finally, the Japanese surrendered and the war ended. A United States Army colonel was sent to the camp to announce personally to, general, to the general that Japan had been defeated and that he was free and in command. After Wainwright heard the news, he returned to his quarters and was confronted by some guards who began to mistreat him as they had always done in the past. Wainwright, however, with the news of the Allied victory still fresh in his mind, declared with authority, No, I am in command here. These are my orders. Hugo observed that, that from that moment on, on, General Wainwright was in control. And Hugo made this application. Have you been informed of the victory of your Savior in the greatest conflict of all ages? Then rise up and assert your rights. Never again go under when the enemy comes to oppress. Claim the victory that Jesus has already provided for you in his name. And folks, if you understand what happened, he was being oppressed and beaten up because he didn't know that he had been freed. And I came to tell you today that it's time for you to stand up and declare your rights and take back control of your life and get back in command. Come on, somebody. And you need to tell poverty, no, you have no right here. I am in command in the name of Jesus. Poverty, leave this place in the name of Jesus. I came to declare to you folks that the war is over, the battle has already been won, and you have a decisive victory, and you need to stand up and claim your victory and declare your rights and take authority over your enemy and command the things that you know should be in your life to be present in your life in Jesus' name. Go with me to Luke chapter 17 and look at this text right here. One last one, Luke chapter 10, verse 17, and the music department is going to bless us with a victory song right here. Luke chapter 10, verse 17. I want to show you something here. Look at Luke chapter 10, verse 17. Then the 70 returned with joy. Of course, he sent them out, right? Uh, 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 the disciples, uh, 70 of them, he sent out, told them whatever city you go into, if your peace remains, then peace to that city. If they don't receive you, then kick the dust off your feet and move on to the next assignment, right? And, and the 70 returned with joy in verse 17 saying, 
Lord, watch this now, even the demons are subject, which means subordinate, to be under obedience, to submit self to. Even the demons are subject to us in your name. Watch this. They talked about demons. Jesus talked about the, the demon's leader. Look at what he said. And he said to them, I saw Satan fall like lightning from heaven. Boom! Over. Was not a fight. Hello, somebody. Watch this. This is a violent word. Behold, I give you authority, which means delegated privilege, right, ability, and freedom to trample. That word trample is a violent word. Folks, we need to just be trampling on your enemy. Say, behold, I give you authority, delegated privilege, right, ability, and freedom to trample, tread on, to, to keep him under your feet. Use him as a pathway over scorpions, serpents and scorpions, which is demonic powers, and over all the power, dunamis, same word, miraculous ability. What he's telling you is, if you try to deal with him by yourself, you're going to get beat up out there. You remember in the book of Acts, when they, I think it's Acts the ninth chapter, when Paul was casting out and they wanted to buy that, and they went to them demons and said, I adjure you, and what Paul is preaching, Scripture says they jumped on him and beat his butt. So he's showing you here he has miraculous ability, but if you go in authority and delegated authority of Jesus' name. He'll never defeat you. Amen. It'll take faith to receive the rest of this. Watch this now. It says, over the enemy, and watch this, and nothing shall by any means hurt you. Amen. Can you receive that? Amen. Nothing shall hurt you. Come on, somebody ought to give God glory for that. that. That word hurt there means be unjust. See, nobody can do you wrong. If you're right, nobody can do you wrong. And you've got to understand that. You just keep doing what's right because it's right. Amen. Sometimes intentions, all that stuff gets confused. God knows hearts. Amen. You keep doing what's right before it's right. Nobody, nobody can mistreat you. Are you listening to me? Nobody can, right? They can't socially, morally, physically, they can't hurt or injure you. They can't do stuff that's wrong to you when you're right. But then I love this. Nevertheless, don't rejoice in that, but rejoice because your names are written in heaven. Come on, anybody glad that their name is written in heaven today? Come on, I ask this. Anybody glad that your name is written in heaven today? Come on, news department. Bless us with something that fits right there. Bless us with something that fits right there. Take us to the moon. Something about victory. However you live. There's such a power in knowing that he's already won your victory. I'm going to say that again. There's such a power in knowing that he has already won your victory. Anybody want to give God praise for a sweatless victory? That before you even walked in, you knew you already won it? Uh, Emmanuel, put me in A. Uh, a, a minor. We're going to see.
Can we just lift our hands in this place and just worship him and just thank him for victory? Come on, I need you to really thank him for victory. Thank him for victory. In fact, in this atmosphere, I just feel like you receive the word, but then we don't speak the word. Speak your victory. Whatever it is, say, I'm speaking victory over depression. I'm speaking victory. Come on, speak it, speak it. We say we're a praying, a praying church. Praying churches, we, we, we command things. Speak your victory. Come on, all over this place, speak it. I come against the spirit of fear and the spirit of condemnation because this is a free place. And we are free to say what we need to say. So all over this room, speak your victory. There's some people on Periscope and on Facebook Live right now. Come on, type your victory. I'm, I'm claiming victory over depression. I'm claiming victory over brokenness. I'm claiming vic Come on, come on. We got to claim it.
so death will not hold me down. Sin could not hold you down. Yes, Lord. So sin cannot hold me down. Yeah. Guilt cannot hold you down. <laughs> so guilt will not hold you down. Hey, sickness could not hold him down. Hey, yes, Lord. So sickness will not hold you down. Hey. 
Come on now, if you know that you already have the victory, come on, give God your best praise. Come on, give God your best praise. Hallelujah! We have the victory! Hallelujah! Glory to God! Man, there's so much we can do right now in this moment. But there's another group coming right behind you all. But there's somebody in this room, listen, you already have the victory, but there's a greater awareness, more territory he wants you to take over. And you can't do it apart from making Jesus Christ the Lord of your life. Think about all the victory that you've already experienced up to this point without him or away from him. Imagine what you can do with him. So if you're in this building today, you don't know Jesus Christ as your personal Lord and Savior, I'm inviting you to come and get the victory that He's already provided for you. Maybe you're in this building today, and you, for whatever reason, you let people talk you out of the victory, and you knew Him at one point, but you've gotten away from Him, and you're saying, you know what, I need to repent from that, and I want to come back to Christ today. If that's you today, either one of those two, I want to pray with and for you. Thirdly, you might be here, you're saved, but, but you lack power in your life. You've never been baptized, filled with the Holy Spirit. Bible evidence, praying in other tongues. You want to learn more about that gift today? I want to pray with and for you. And then finally, if you don't have a church home, but you believe God has led you to Linked Up Church, my wife and I, this staff, will be happy to receive you. We'll pray for you every single day of our lives. Every time you come in this building, our goal is to make sure that you get the Word of God and the Word of God only. So now, while every head is bowed, every eye is closed in prayer, no one moving, no one talking.